Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, podcast show of courage to be curious. And this year, as you know, we have been talking about the yamas and the niyamas, yoga's ethical principles for living and for practice. And we are in the niyama of santosha, which is contentment. And even as I have been talking just casually about Santosha, and some people read the newsletter that came out last week through Courage to be Curious and saw that Santosha was the Niyama we were coming into, you know, I've even had people say to me, you know, I haven't really listened to your podcast, but I think I might around Santosha. So this concept of contentment is one that I think really strikes a chord with us because when we really come down to it and we ask ourselves, what do we want? Like we want happiness, but happy is also like something that we see as temporary. You know, we might be happy in this moment. We might be sad in this moment. We might might be all these things, but there's this sense that we have the contentment kind of runs as the undercurrent, you know, and what do we really want? Can we be content even as things are happening in the outside world that might make us feel sad in that moment or might make us feel frustrated in that moment or might make us even feel happy in that moment. But is there this undercurrent of a sense of contentment? So, you know, like, what is that? But it seems to be the thing that we are striving for. And so I'm excited about this month long exploration and feel relieved actually that August has five Saturdays in it. So There can be four podcasts on Santosha, even as there was a newsletter at the beginning of the month. So um, let's delve in. And one of the first things that Deborah Adele talks about in her book called The Yamas and Yamas is this idea that one of the things that keeps getting in the way or making um, contentment so elusive for us is this idea that we, and especially in the West here, live as though we are getting ready to live. And it's something that begin, tends to begin pretty early, right? When a child is really little, they can't wait to be big. And then when they're a tween, they can't wait to be driving and older and a teenager and have more freedoms and all those kinds of things. And then when we're a teenager in high school, we can't wait to go to college. And then when we're in college, we can't wait to get a job. And then, haha, right? When we get a job, then we can't wait for the weekend or we can't wait for vacation or perhaps even longer, we can't wait for retirement. Um, actually, I have one of my daughters who says to me all the time, like, oh, okay, I'm ready to retire now. Like, she's already thinking about retirement. She hasn't even actually gotten the first job. And then in adult life, it can spill over and it can be things that we wait for as adults. So many of you know, I've worked in the relationship business for a while. And many people who said, well, I'm waiting to perhaps file for a divorce or talk to my spouse about a divorce until the kids are out of the house or maybe more, you know, other kinds of things like we're going on vacation. I can't wait to go on vacation. And then once we're on vacation, I can't wait to get back from vacation. Or I can't wait for retirement, and then once retirement is here, I can't figure out what to do with my time. I can't wait until, you know, something kicks in and I now feel like I have more things to do. So this notion of this underlying idea that we have that we're always waiting. And, of course, we also have the flip side, 
once we actually re arrive at these states that we think we have waited for, then we become very nostalgic about the past. So that student who gets to college or gets their job suddenly becoming nostalgic about, oh, it was so easier when I was a kid. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't have to worry about anything. All I had to do was play, right? Or when we become an adult and our kids were little and then they get grown and we're like, oh, it was so nice when they were little. Or they leave for college and even though we were ready to kick them out before they went and we couldn't wait till, you know, they got to see how hard life was, then we say, oh gosh, you know, it was so great when they were home and I really miss them. Or as I said before, like in retirement, you know, we like wait, wait, wait our whole work life to get to many people to get to retirement and then we get there and we're suddenly like, wow, what do I do with myself? Or this feels very unnatural for me because I've been working so long. So we have this sense we're either living for something or we're looking back on something and making it out to seem like the grander time. The thing that we hear very rarely or that we stop and pause to say very rarely is, I am in the perfect moment right now. Think about that. Think about when is the last time you said to yourself, like, wow. This is the perfect moment. I am in the perfect moment right now. I'm in the perfect time, the perfect moment, the right place, the right time, exactly now. When was the last time you said that to yourself? And, you know, like, why do we do this to ourselves? Like, why do we get so oriented toward a future and toward a past and miss the thing that's right here, right? Miss the moment that's right now. And so, you know, what are some possibilities? I've been thinking about this, right? So maybe it's partly that we imagine a future to be better than this one, right? We have a culture in our society that is always about longing for more. Now we can say it's the medium, we can say it's consumerism, we can say it's our upbringing, we can say whatever. It's all those things that have mishmashed into one. But if we think about it, we've created an environment that surrounds us that wants us to believe that there is something out there that is better than what is right here. When we get that new piece of technology, our life will be better. When we get on that vacation, our life will be better. Like when things happen, they will be better. Or after something is passed, no matter what it was like and when it was there, like, oh, that was better than now, right? So underlying that, which is, I think, the source of discontentment for us, is this sense that something on the outside world is the thing that will make us feel better. That we've conjured a notion that something is not as great as it could be right now, and we may not even know if that's true, we may not even know where it's come from, but we've conjured this notion that we've held onto, like we're grasping onto something for dear life, and... Therefore, we need something that something is wrong with this moment that and therefore we need something to make us feel better, that there's this idea of a perfect something somewhere and it's out there. It's not happening right now. And so it must be happening in some other time zone than the one that we're in right now. And so if we could only make certain things happen, if we could only arrive at a certain time, if we could only get rid of certain things, then we would be in this place of happy and content. Wow, 
we have given so much power over to an external world that quite honestly, if we're really honest with ourselves, isn't spending that much time thinking about us and our contentment. Like when was the last time that you noticed, you know, like your kid's school calendar worrying about whether or not you would be happy and content or, you know, your boss and your job setup worrying about whether what they're constructing is going to make you happy or content or even your kids, whether they're sitting around and saying, well, if I cleaned up my room, it would make my mom happy and content. Like we have turned over the most precious thing we could possibly have to an external world who is not spending any time thinking about its actions and whether or not the, the way they're put together can manifest our contentment. But yet that's where we want to put all the power over our contentment. Wow. It's a little bit crazy, right? So what I want to offer today, and as I said, we are going to spend a whole month on this contentment thing. We could spend a whole year on it, right? But we're going to spend a month on this contentment thing, or at least look. I mean, this is all in Yamas and Yamas about contentment, but we're kind of looking at it through this specific lens this month. You know, how do we get there? And so I want to suggest that step one is actually making the decision that we want this feeling of contentment and that in that we want to try something called being present to the moment we're in to experimenting with the possibility that the very moment that we're in is the most perfect and wonderful moment to be in right now. And whether that is a moment that feels uncomfortable or it's a moment that is filled with beauty and wonder, would we still be able and willing to accept the idea that this is the most perfect moment to be in right now? And I'm considering the idea that one of the reasons we have a hard time doing that, why it's difficult for us to even make the decision to want to be content, to want to be in the moment that we are in, in the belief that it is the moment for us to be in and that everything about it is just right, is that maybe we worry that if we accept this moment as it is, with something that doesn't feel like this illusory idea of 100% perfect, that we're giving up the possibility of things being better. And everybody out there knows I'm a possibility person, right? I love possibilities. I'm all about the possibilities. And here's one place where I think our sense of possibility gets in our way, that always believing that I want to hold out hope that something else could be better than this moment because if this moment doesn't feel absolutely divine and perfect and like the glorious ending to the most wonderful fairy tale in the world, that somehow I'm settling and accepting less. And here's what I'd like to suggest is our antidote to that is to consider the possibility that once we let go of the possibility of something else being better than this, this moment takes on a quality of absolute perfection. I know that's really hard to believe. And even if um, we're in a difficult place, and I will say, my mom actually listens every week to my podcast, and so she's going to hear me talk about her right now. But, you know, my mom's actually in the hospital in the very moment that I'm, you know, talking about this. 
And I had the most extraordinary call with her last night and she's in the hospital. She went to the hospital for one thing. And since now they've discovered like three more things wrong with her. And she gets on the phone with me and my daughter last night who had to go to Broadway without her because she was in the hospital. And she said, you know, no, this is great because maybe they're finally going to find all the things that have been making me feel so badly. So how many people who are stuck in a hospital and discovering that they have like thing on top of thing on top of thing are sitting there and saying, no, this is great because maybe they're actually going to treat the things and I'm going to feel a whole lot better. Talk about being able to be in the perfection of the moment, even when you're not in what you would call like the perfect ending to a fairy tale. I was like blown away and so proud of my mom. I was like, whoa, this is spectacular, right? This is amazing that she is choosing right now. And she's choosing right now, even as they've diagnosed her with A, B, C, and D. And every like three hours, they seem to find something else that she's like, wow, this is great. I'm getting wonderful care. The people here are fabulous. I might be finding out all the things that are wrong with me. And maybe now I'm going to feel better. And like she was just in this moment. So this idea that is so hard for us to grasp because if we're honest with ourselves, we have probably very, very, very few times in our life, if ever, been willing to just say, this is the, this is the moment. Whatever it is I am encountering right now, this is the perfect moment. So I want to suggest that perhaps it is our unwillingness to just decide to make the moment that we are in the perfect moment that actually keeps us from that contentment. So could we do step one? which is actually just decide. Step two, then, if we get past step one, or when we get past step one, is to encounter that moment with a sense of wonder and detachment. We are a planning society. We like to plan everything out. We like to know what our schedule is going to be. We like to, you know, we love this sense of control, right? We've talked about this control thing before, but we love this sense of control. We so want to believe we're in the control of the world around us. It is such a freaking illusion, right? Excuse me, but it is an illusion that we are in control of the world around us. We are not going to make it rain or not rain, and we are not going to make the sun shine or not shine, and we are not going to make, you know, all these different kinds of things happen out there. We're not going to make this word come out of that person's mouth or not come out of that person's mouth. But yet we try to plan and orchestrate everything as though we could. And we're going to talk about more of that later when we get into uh, Michael Singer's book on um, the untethered soul, but that's for another podcast. But what if we encounter this moment, not needing it to be anything other than what it is and to be genuinely curious and in a sense of wonder about what is actually this moment what is this moment? What if we were magnificently curious and wonder, felt wondrous about this moment without needing it to be anything? So that's step two is to like just put ourselves. And I'm telling you, test this out for two minutes in any part of your day and see what happens. And then step three is gratitude for this moment, like gratitude for this moment. My mom is sitting in the hospital feeling gratitude, gratitude for being there, gratitude for the people who are caring for her, gratitude for her diagnoses and, you know, feeling that. So can we feel gratitude? Three-step process. Decide, decide that this is the moment. This is the right moment. This is the moment for you to be in right now. It is where contentment is hiding and you can step into it just by deciding to be here in this moment. Step two, to encounter this moment with a sense of wonder, 
curiosity and detachment from any need for it to be anything. And then step three, gratitude. Step three is to encounter the moment with gratitude and to just bow in reverence to this moment. Because the truth is you never get this one back. So let's, why not have us make the most of it? So thank you for joining me in conversation on Santosha. This is our first conversation about Santosha this month. And um, stay with me. Let's do this together. Let's journey on a moment-by-moment experience this month um, in the exploration of Santosha. If you like this, if you feel like there are people in your world who you want to share the gift of Santosha with, please pass this on. Invite them to subscribe through whatever their podcast app is that they subscribe to or get onto the Courage to be Curious website and go to our podcast tab and they can sign up there and they'll not only get the weekly email with a link to the podcast, but they'll also get the top of the month newsletter that introduces um, the the topic for the coming month, as well as tons of other information about things that are going on with Courage to be Curious. So thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week and to the wonder of every moment.